All right, 75th time is a charm. Yay! Okay, so uh, I'm going to put this here. All right, so, oh wait, so now I'm looking for dog bowls to feed. Where are the dog bowls? Here they are. All right, here we go. We have dog bowls and we have this and we have eggs. All right, so good morning. I don't think you can probably even see my head yet, right? All right, so here we are. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I am making the dogs breakfast again. I think we're make, when we get down to almost no food, we're back to chicken, I mean to eggs and rice. And uh, I wanted to just check in because it's way longer than I want it to, to be in terms of making this video. So uh, it is a Saturday morning. It is beautiful. It is the promise of light and variable wind. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, it means my day will go much more fabulously than it would if we had wind. And the dogs have been walked. And now I am engaging in, uh, you know, the morning pressure duties of getting us all fed, getting cleaned up, getting thing, everything sorted. Because if the wind kicks up, it all becomes infinitely harder. And so I just want to take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. And if you're still here, uh, I'm going to keep trying to evolve this because something really interesting is happening on YouTube and I'm so happy it's happening. So as you listen to this, uh, you may or may not know that I also run a podcast over at Substack. And so what my plan is this morning is to do a portion of this with you on video, which looks a little bit crooked, sorry. I wanted to catch the morning light as it's rising. And then to do the rest of it, uh, kind of part two on Substack. And uh, the reason I'm trying this as a format change was sort of my uh, impulse to try and figure out how to relaunch myself onto YouTube uh, without feeling all of the frustrations that made me quit in the first place. And there's a big trend on YouTube right now saying people are quitting. I think they're just talking about quitting more than they're actually quitting. And a lot of that is that we have become oversaturated with too much information, too much dynamic editing and yelling and cuts. Uh, and it really, you know, brought me back to how horrible I was, you know, when I tried to do this Gosh, in 2007, I couldn't even hardly talk in front of the camera. Can I just talk like this? You know, and so now where I can hardly even remember the camera's rolling, it's so natural. And how it's moved, right, from this clunky, you know, Super 8 homemade movie thing to a level of sophistication. I watched this 21-year-old girl. Her name is Natalie Lynn. She's 21 and she is so good in the filmmaking process on YouTube. Uh, and I watched a video about how she creates the film. And it's, it's very intensive. It's, you know, months of footage. And so she's got, you know, hours and hours and hours of footage. She, she does uh, intense lighting, editing. I mean, she does it like it's a real movie, only she's one person. So it takes her a long time. It's stunning 
how good she is. And I'm looking at that with this realization that, that I will never come forward as someone who has high production value because uh, I don't have the time, the energy, or the interest in creating a massive, beautiful, awesome visual experience. Now, the flip side is I can see all that in my mind. And if I had a team uh, and the equipment and the money and the desire, I think I could do a pretty good job because I can see how to do that. I always have. That was one of the things I knew at 16. But I have no interest because I don't think there's value. I think there's value as a creative person. I think there's value as a small measure of entertainment, but there's no value. And, you know, in the big picture, you watch and you move on because she's 21. You know, her storytelling is about the things that are important when you're 21. I can barely remember being 21 Uh, and I'm not insecure and I'm not worried about if I have friends and all the things, you know, that are important to her. And yet she is wildly talented. So, uh, but I am excited because people are getting tired of the uh, extreme and they're getting tired of the self-help and they're getting tired of everybody talking like they're an expert, even though all they know is their own personal life. Uh, I'm getting, they're getting tired of this push to do bigger, better, brighter, bolder, shocking extravaganza. Not that that won't always have its place. Uh, they're getting tired of the amount of time they have to spend watching one person. Uh, and they're getting tired of, for the creative people, of losing control of the creative process because, you know, one of the dirty little secrets that's coming out about YouTube is all the people that we think are just one person who all of a sudden have this magical high production value going on, which means it looks awesome. Expensive cameras, perfect lighting, awesome sound, all those things that uh, they have a whole team and they have super expensive equipment and it's, takes more and more time, effort, and coordination to create the value that you're seeing and hearing, regardless if there's an actual message involved. Uh, And I've been speaking for a very long time about this too much information thing that we've got going on. We're so saturated. And so part of my wanting to come back onto YouTube is because uh, I am struggling, you know, with my own, how do I want to move to what's next? And that was sort of what was in this one video. It's like the next big thing. Well, I don't even care about what the next big thing is. I need the next thing that makes me even want to talk to you. And what that is not is me talking about the same thing that everybody else who's living like this. I don't want to show you all my little details. Uh, I like to show you the dogs because they're just so cute. In fact, if you could see this side, they're just so cute. So, uh, and I think it's important to see how other people live, you know, and, and I can cook breakfast super easy when there's no wind and I can barely cook breakfast for us or I can't cook at all when there's a lot of wind. And it's not that that problem can't be solved. Uh, but there's value in having the experience of finding the limitations of what works and what doesn't work, uh, what I like, what I don't like, uh, how I can be creative and how I need to, you know, find something different. And that only comes from the actual personal experience 
It does not come when you watch other people. And so I've had this huge issue with, you know, how much time are we sitting around watching each other? And I did not want to be part of that problem or that contributing to that. And so, uh, you know, I struggle with this, but I think, you know, having other people say how I feel out loud has always been helpful for me. And so uh, part of my wanting to figure out what I want to say out loud is that if it reaches the people and it makes you feel better about where you are in your decision-making process, uh, I think that is real value. And so, you know, in the last couple of videos, you've heard me talk to this idea of, uh, you know, is it dangerous for me to live alone in this truck? Uh, where it's actually more dangerous to be in a home with other people. It's the most dangerous place for women, children, and animals, and uh, domestic animals. And, uh, you know, where do we go from here around all that? And, you know, I just have the thing that burns in my heart. This is why I talk about Wired for Danger over at my podcast, which means, uh, you know, my statement is if, there, if you don't have a reason to die for, you don't have a reason to live. And, you know, in the YouTube universe of super superficiality, as we're now moving into high levels of narcissism, and now all the damage because we're blaming, you know, all the young people are blaming their childhood on narcissistic parents, and everybody appears to be traumatized. And, uh, and I want to talk about it in a real way. How do we break generational legacy trauma, uh, not become a vast field of victims of trauma? Uh, and everybody hasn't been traumatized. Lots of people grow up without trauma and do very well. So uh, it's extremely dynamic what's happening in the entertainment world, in the culture world, in the art world, in the political world, and in the practical world of finding new ways to live. And I, you know, made that video about my one thing I want to be and do is to really speak to women about taking ownership of their own personal peace and safety. And, you know, on a morning like this, it's not super bright because there's lots of chemtrails, so there's lots of clouds. And uh, there is, uh, you know, some traffic noises, and I can see people. But, and I say that as a car is about to drive by, it's going to hit the uh, cow guard crossing, but I don't know if you'll be able to hear that because i got the microphone right here. But um, it's not perfectly quiet and peaceful, but it's stunning. Uh, you know, when I got up this morning and the moon was full and, you know, I've just had a couple night times with the saguaro and the, the stars and it's just so magical. And one of the things that's right happening that I can't get a picture because I moved, it's on the other side, is all this greenery is popping up. I keep referring it to these tiny shires, you know, around the trees in the shade, this beautiful green, green grass, which I eventually will get the pictures over on the Substack post. Uh, it's like I'm in Ireland, you know, I keep thinking of the Hobbit shires and it's beautiful. And these are the kind of tiny little things that don't transfer to film. Uh, I can't take a picture of the landscape because there's no depth of perception, you, it flattens, and it, you lose all of it. I've tried to take pictures of it and it just doesn't look very good. Uh, and there's ways to manipulate the camera and the editing and stuff, but there's just nothing that replaces, you know, our eyeballs capable of seeing, you know, depth of perception and how stunning it is. And 
And this is just one experience. And it's not something I would encourage most people to do. But for those who do want to try the experience, I don't think we should demonize or condemn them any more than people who are financially kind of pushed into living like this. Uh, I would say, you know, I'm in a combination. I'm, I could probably figure something else out, but uh, this is better for me. And it's not that bad. And, you know, when you compare how I'm living, as I'm reading about women's, uh, you know, quality of life around the world, because I think all women need to support all women, not by our uh, color or country. Uh, I think that's a great failure of Western women as we have not done enough to really look at all of this as a global issue for women that uh, I have it really, really good. I mean, nobody's beating me. Nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's controlling me. Uh, You know, there's cultural control. You know, there's permits and there's gas prices and there's, uh, you know, land restrictions. But I don't have somebody, you know, inside my home where I have a big knot in my stomach all the time, you know, terrified of when the hammer's going to fall. And that is no way to live. So I just wanted to uh, take this moment with you here to kind of give you a tiny window into our morning. And uh, I think the rice is getting almost done here. And in doing that, you know, to invite you uh, to maybe think about how you are consuming in a different way. Because, you know, my mission is to, like I said, for women to take ownership of our peace and our safety. And there's a lot of levels and layers to that. And, uh, you know, I started in a dramatic way talking about violence with women and homelessness with women. And, you know, the other big issue is poverty. I think 65% of uh, retired and elderly women will live in poverty. And, what does that even mean? It's, uh, we're in this major crossing point and I don't like talking about superficial things. Uh, I don't really care what people think about how I live or what I look like. What I care about is the things that are, I feel that are important, which are the deep and meaningful things. And, you know, my experience is that that doesn't play well, but we're seeing a sea change. So one of my hopes is that as we get tired of more and more superficial, narcissistic YouTube uh, content, which is everywhere, that uh, the see me, look at me, like me, follow me, uh, let me shock you with all my stuff, stuff is coming to an end. I mean, there'll always be a Kardashian component to the world, but Uh, YouTube started with people having really simple, authentic, clunky moments in public. And, uh, you know, I just had this aha, like I am never going to be able to produce content visually with editing and things and and quality to the level that even the little kids can do right now. In fact, they're better than the grownups. Uh, It's just never going to happen, and I don't even want it to happen. What matters to me is the quality of the message, Uh, and I don't want to entertain. I don't want to lecture. I just want to connect, and I want to connect with women who are interested in reminding ourselves, you know, that we're 50-plus-ish part of the whole population of the planet, and it's easy to feel powerless, and it's easy to feel afraid 
because there's a lot of scary things that we're powerless to be able to do anything about. But the magic is alone, we are infinitely more powerless than connected. And so, you know, one of the beauties of this type of living that's happening right now is that women are connecting with each other. And I think that is just a magnificent first step in terms of what's happening. So uh, this is just another little episode. I want to, I'm going to turn that off because it's cooked. Uh, It's just another little episode in this process and evolution of this story where we're just going to take the pressure off uh, and it's not going to be lightning bolts and thunder, even though I put that in my intro many times. It's just going to be us uh, in the desert or the mountains or wherever we are moving forward on this idea of how do we take ownership of our life in a way that creates peace, whether it's out in the middle of nowhere or whether it's in your apartment in the big city, that's not important. Or if you're in another country, uh, you know, doing the best you can. I think that that's a high value goal and it's something I care about. And uh, it's hard to keep myself focused and on track, but I just wanted to do another installment here before I let too much more time go by because I just don't want to participate in the YouTube universe of the past. Uh, I'd like us to pave a way forward and sort of transition and bridge this thing I've been doing at the podcast where we're just connecting a little bit. So that's the end of the video. If you want to hear the end of the audio, I invite you to join me at the link below at jillsjournals.substack.com. We're at the 17, 18 minute mark. And with that, my friends, I will see you next time. (laughs) All right, so that is the end of our talking thing that we've got going on. And this is the next part of the podcast. And uh, so I hope all this turns out because it's exhausting doing all this stuff because the last one I did didn't work. But Uh, I'm excited to kind of see this massive sea change. And, you know, the truth is for you guys here over at the podcast who are uh, either listening to this as a part two after watching the video or listening to the whole thing, that um, uh, I'm struggling. You know, I've been struggling for a while. Just occurred to me I needed to not turn that off and put the eggs in. So I'm going to be continuing to cook for the dogs. Sorry. Uh, while I talk to you here, but, uh, you know, I've been struggling because, uh, I don't want to just sit here and lecture and talk when I feel like, uh, you know, we're all capable of so much good, awesome, amazing things. And just listening to me babble is not one of them. Uh, I hope this works. And, oh no, that one's, shoot, one of my eggs is broken. And so, it is a, it's a challenge. Uh, I'm tr- I told you my multitasking skills are like out the window these days. So I'm trying to crack eggs over an open flame, bent over, trying not to screw up the audio, having a conversation with you as you're sitting probably drinking coffee all nice and comfortable while I'm out here trying to pretend like somehow I can do this but 
Uh, with that said, uh, I'm really excited uh, about the future. I just, there's a lot of energy that's moving forward. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the speech made by the El Salvador president and I want to say Budachewski, something like that. I get him and the Brazil guy mixed up. It was so powerful. And he just said things out loud that we don't admit to ourselves. You could hear, you know, the discomfort. I think he was at the Republican thing you know, in the audience, because we only want to know what's true that we don't have to take responsibility for. Uh, we don't. And so, you know, to me, ownership is just another word for responsibility because everybody hates that word. But uh, if, if everything turned on its head on a dime and became perfect, let's say, you know, we got a president, whether it's Trump or somebody else who just flipped on a switch and everything magically was perfect. The underlying issues are all still there, but people would just go back to sleep. They would not want to know because their life is okay. You know, I think the most important thing I've learned in these processes of trying to work with my own life and trying to work with others is that we organize, you know, what's of value by what's happening to us. And that's totally normal. You know, the, the value organization is, you know, in the morning I cook food and clean up because it's the thing I don't want to do, but it's the most important thing. And everything goes on hold, which is why I'm trying to combine kind of recording and living because it's been such a problem trying to figure, find a place to do video, uh, trying to find some overlap because I don't have that much spare time over what is my, you know, normal day right now and, and how, you know, we, we make our decisions about our time, our money on our energy on what we value. And most people won't even admit what they do or don't value. And, you know, if the world just turned over a leaf and all the global entities went away, there would not be a magic moment where everything was perfect, right? We would still have these humongous issues of child and sex trafficking, of drug abuse, of pornography, of addiction, of, uh, you know, embezzlement, of fraud, of, of domestic violence. Like this stuff doesn't all just go away. The health stuff doesn't all just magically go away. And, you know, in a small country like El Salvador, you know, they may have kicked the globalists out, but they didn't have this the weight of infrastructure that we have, uh, you know, they can go back to organic farming really simply. For us, you know, it would be an act of God to go back to massive organic farming because we've polluted all the land and the water. And we have so many rules and regulations, you know, they're arresting the Amish again. So we're in this moment where we get to decide, you know, what we wanted to invest our time and energy in. And it's really uh, important. I think it's the most important thing you can do is, you know, asking yourself where and how you want to invest your time and energy and what's a value because we have different values and most of us base value on what's happening to us. That's how we're easily, you know, controlled and manipulated because it's not that we want to think about uh, certain things. It's that we're constantly playing whack-a-mole right now, trying to uh, stay ahead of certain things. You know, I'm trying to stay ahead of the, the temperatures. You know, other people are trying to stay ahead of getting their house foreclosed on, or other people 
or trying to stay ahead of, you know, medical issues. So we're all, I am taking the eggs out and the rice out of the pan, getting ready for the dogs, but it's super hot, takes a while for it to cool. So we're all in this different place, and so none of it's right or wrong. But, you know, a significant chunk of our day and our time is spent, you know, just kind of dicking around with entertainment and low value, myself included, because I'm just too tired to do anything else. But it doesn't mean, you know, I can't change. It doesn't mean I can't shift gears a little bit. Uh, and it, it, and it means I need to find a way to do this that doesn't break my heart. And when I say break my heart, it means I'm having so much trouble shifting gears into finding a way to be where I get to be who I am, which is care too much about others and things that most people don't care about. Uh, having it rip me apart because I'm upset that nobody cares and nothing changes uh, and stop uh, putting energy into things in a way that it's useless. You know, and I did that with this Wired for Danger. I am so excited about what I've created. And yet, you know, I am focused on an audience that has no respect for me. And that was, you know, devastating. The minute that thought crossed my mind and I could start to see its validity, it really threw me for a loop. And, you know, the problem with women who are wired for danger is one, uh, nobody knows who they are. They don't think of themselves that way. And, uh, you know, they don't use words like I do, you know, mission oriented or uh, purpose driven in the same way. And, and I'm much more comfortable, you know, in a masculine expression than I am a feminine expression. And that's something I don't want to continue to do, but it's excruciating, you know, trying to shift gears and do it in a whole different way. So what's been, you know, what's kind of fun for me these last week or so, seeing what other people are doing and complaining about YouTube and everybody's quitting, blah, 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 and algorithms. And it's a sea change, which means uh, all bets are off. Nobody knows, you know, what's going to pop up from the pressure of being held down for so long. And what's most important is I don't care because I never want to be high production value. I never want to have a team that has me on a schedule pushing content out to meet a de demand that is uh, a sacrifice to my core values. And my core value, you know, I'm looking at the little dogs here and they're, they're sweet little faces and, uh, and they're little demon, you know, <laughs> Uh, personalities like that's my core values the first thing is to take care of them and that takes up most of my day and it doesn't make anybody else's life better and this is where we are and second is you know how do I create value in the world and the best way I can create value in the world I think is to create attention what I consider valuable and if it's not valuable to you then you are then you move on. I mean, that's how what we all do. I think the difference is, is we don't filter through high value. We filter through what is algorithmically shoved in front of our eyeballs and we get lured uh, into the trance of it all, myself included. Uh, but everything has been taken away from us in terms of organic. And it just is so much more work to find, you know, that authentic, uh, organic 
stumbling, bumbling approach of, you know, people just experimenting and kind of, uh, it's not slick and it's not exciting and it's not dramatic and it doesn't have every edit in the right place and it doesn't have the most expensive cameras or the best uh, combination of words to convince us, you know, repeat, 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 you know, banging our heads into these ideas that whether we want or we don't want, and, and I, and I want to add one more thing about AI. Part of this issue I've been having is that uh, when I learned about AI a long time ago, uh, I became very clear that the way to fight AI or to beat AI was to be unpredictable. That the one thing human has is they have the ability to be unpredictable. And all AI is, is uh, it's not creative. It's just as an algorithm. It's just extracting content, organizing it, and projecting possibilities. But it can't predict what it doesn't have access to. And in the same way, you know, in the Terminator movies, that the dogs could sniff out the synthetic uh, humans, right? The AI humans. And so I felt very confident that between, you know, my, the way my brain works and how it's very strategic and unpredictable and I can see things that other people can't see and my level of intuition, you know, I would be able to just feel what is or isn't authentic. I felt really like I'll be okay because I can, you know, decipher those things. What I didn't understand that I am coming to understand is how seductive it's going to be. Because what it's able to do is so high production value with so little effort it's breathtaking you know you don't have to read anything you can just put in one of those horrible like you know when I was studying hormones and chemicals things like that I mean I was trying to read these horrible medical studies that I could barely understand and it was excruciating it took me hours and hours and hours to, to walk away with one concept that I would have to slowly build this big picture that now you know people talk about without even really uh, thinking about things, you know, online as, as being, uh, that, you know, they're all, uh, what's the word I want? So they, they don't think about it. They just, uh, as, as normal, right? So, you know, people toss around words like serotonin uptake and, and, uh, you know, cortisol, you know, that stuff nobody knew about, and now people throw those words around like they don't mean anything. And, uh, and, and they don't have to do the work. It's all given to them. Now, they also don't really understand it. But what AI can do is it can take so much sophistication. And it can create such precise summaries that it is breathtaking. And it just never, I never really thought about what happens to all of us when every tiny bit of effort to learn, to create, to produce is taken away from us. 
What happens to us? What happens to us when all we see is what's slick and well done and grammatically perfect? What do we what happens to us when all we see there's a team of stupid doom buggy things driving by? What happens to us when every person is an amalgam of perfection? Every body is strong and perfect and there's no uh, there's no there's no imperfection, right? There's no organicness to it. There's no flaw. I guess the word's flawless. What happens when we create flawless with no effort? And I just never thought about that. And it's, you know, between, uh, you know, feeling just really frustrated with not knowing where I want to go and realizing that we're all completely and wildly and totally oversaturated and, you know, that the real value that I find is in the actual experience and how much that is lost because, you know, we're observing and yet I'm participating in the observation movement, not the experience movement. Although I would like to say my encouragement is to experience, not observe. And that you match that with this flawless uh, future of being able to generate, you know, 3D printing you don't have to, let you know, the Star Trek world, you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean, you don't have to wash your clothes, you don't have to wipe your floor down, there's no dust, uh, you know, there's no dog hairs, right, because something magically removes everything, there's no bugs, there's no wind, right, that would be my perfect world, the wind would disappear, uh, there's no flies, everybody looks perfect, everybody says exactly what you want to hear, right, I mean, these are the holograms. What happens when you move into that world that is so flawless, you can't even see what's real or what's not real anymore because uh, we have lost that ability to even allow an imperfection to move before our eyes. Uh, I mean, these are what they write science fiction stories about, but it's really breathtaking and overwhelming. And I am like, where do I belong in all that? Because I can see it. Uh, I can feel it. Uh, I'm observing it, you know, how we're moving there and the disconnection of why it's not a problem. Uh, and at the same time, I know what's real. You know, I, these statistics are breathtaking, you know, of how many, I still can't get over, you know, the Native Americans just north to us. 85% of women experience violence in their lifetime. That is obscene. The amount of trafficking of children, the amount of abuse of children is obscene in ways I can't even comprehend the terrible, terrible, terrible things that are being done. Uh, you know, we, if it doesn't impact us, we don't want to know about it. And we're in this moment where it's becoming, you know, the veil is dropping. But, you know, I wonder, and this is probably the, the best thing I'm going to say today, I wonder as the veil of truth is dropping to see the ugliness, is the veil of AI going to be, or the filter of AI going to be brought up before our eyes where we are then only shown what is flawless. Boy, I just had that thought. That is really important. As the veil of truth is revealing the total ugliness of everything that we've created, that we don't want to take responsibility for, we don't want to look at, we don't want to acknowledge within our own lives or anybody else's, 
Is that the moment that we will just zone out and let the flawlessness of AI cover it all up so we can kind of go back into our cocoon of comfort? That is the most terrifying thing I can think of. And we're right at that cusp. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've just heard people talk about it, is that a year ago there was some video, AI video, of Will Smith eating spaghetti that was supposed to be horrible. And versus what it can do this year, you can't even tell it's not him. Is that what's going to happen to us? As the veil of the ugliness of truth is being dropped around us, are we going to then have uh, the flawlessness of AI put before our eyes as the filter for everything? You know, as I'm talking to you right now, uh, the dogs are eating their rice and eggs. And for some reason, while Haven chews slower than him, she's faster, you know, on soft food. And so she's trying, <laughs> she's trying to get his food from him. Now there's almost nothing in the bowl. There's just few grains of rice left because it's not that much but uh you know so that's the that's what's real right the real dog story the real people's story is I want what you have like my version is not enough I'm going to go over and take what you have and the kids fighting about it right I mean these are the real things and uh you know feeling that knot in your stomach and not maybe even knowing what the source is because you're looking at something flawless but your instinct says it's just not right uh, and my confidence that because I understood our the way out of all of this is is being unpredictable, uh, and I understood that you will never be able to uh, replicate intuition uh, over synthetic. You know, so if there's a robot person and a real person. Uh, you will never be able to 100% duplicate the soul, right, that you can feel, the energy that you can feel from that person. You know, you see that when you have a dead body. It's like something's gone. It's just totally different. It feels totally different. Uh, and, you know, to me, I had this idea, well, I would be okay because that would be enough. It just never occurred to me uh, as we're in this transition phase of, of being saturated with high production and superficial narcissistic values overwhelming us, wanting to step back because we're also witnessing, you know, the unveiling of the horror of what's going on out in the world to the innocent and the vulnerable. It's the exact moment that AI is stepping in with the being imperceptible differences. Wow, that is uh, extremely interesting. And I have to tell you, uh, you know, I've done this whole podcast sitting outside, you know, looking, normally I'm doing it in the dark, in the truck, in the cab, you know, waiting for the dogs to wake up and activate and start making noise, you know, banging against the microphone. But I'm sitting here just outside, getting ready to make my breakfast after they finish theirs. And it's beautiful. It's, of course, there's no wind. My favorite. Mornings are my favorite. Stillness is my favorite. But it feels so different because I'm surrounded by the expanse and the openness of the desert versus being all clustered up in the solitude, which I love. I love the little cocoonness of being inside the vehicle in the dark. Uh, but it's an interesting experience. Okay, so that's the podcast for today, and that is the video for today. 
And that is the experience for today. So I'm just going to end this with an action item because I really do want to get us back to journaling. I want to get us back to thinking about what's valuable for us, not just listening to me, you know, turning it off and moving on with your day because nothing changes. It's just a waste of your time. If you can't take something of value away from what I've spent time talking about to you, then there's no reason. Although I listen to things, you know, that aren't important too because it helps me get my grunt work done. And if that's what you're listening to, one of my, I told you about one of my favorite podcasts is that uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is completely nonsense. But I listen to that you know, a lot of times as I'm going to sleep. So I don't think, and it's so useless information that, you know, I can fall asleep because nothing in my brain is thinking about what they're talking about unless they're on a really funny roll. And sometimes I start laughing and it makes it hard to sleep, but the, it's so useless. And I heard the guys talking about it one time (laughs) that they've been told like 50% of the people who listen to their podcasts use it to fall asleep. (laughs) And I thought, I don't know how I feel about that. If the whole essence of listening to me was to be that you're so, it's so unvaluable, you just tune out and go to sleep. But I think there's, there's value in that, right? There's relevance. There's, uh, it's important to have a lightness. It's important to still have stories and entertainment and not everything should be heavy. But I am heavy and, you know, the doom queen compared to everybody else. Because I like what's real. I like what's authentic. I like what's clunky. And I can appreciate high value production, high value art. Uh, But I am very tentative on what this AI version is going to take us into. So uh, I'm just stepping back and trying to rethink all this with you. Uh, And with that, my friends, that will be where we conclude today. And I hope you have a super fabulous weekend. I'm doing this on a Saturday, so I'm not sure when I'm uploading it. That will be the challenge. And I will see you next time.